Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, it's very early. I mean, it's so early that when I was going to press record, I'd actually opened my calculator. I mean, some might actually say it was it was quite late. It depends where you sort of sit on these things. Anyway, it's 5am and it's pitch black and I'm huddled around me radiator and I'm talking to myself for your entertainment. <laughs> How audacious of me to call this entertainment. I'd like to see myself as a nocturnal Princess Diana. Oh, I was going to say something a little bit ill towards about Princess Diana then, and I realised this um, podcast is quite popular in Ireland, and the Irish of a certain age are very uh, mad about Princess Di. Never got that. Anyway, episode nine. Tone after the tone after the tone, leave your name. Yes, insert your clapping sound here now, please. And everybody do a round of applause or I will knife you up the bum. (laughs) What a way to start a podcast. Hello, welcome to After the Time with me, Scotty. The The podcast made entirely up of your voice notes and recorded off of my phone and then thrown back onto the WhatsApp, sent back to producer Debbie to make sense of the whole thing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, really, when when you get the hang of it. Things for the notice board this week, I guess for those living in the UK, I hope by now that you've actually realised that the clocks have gone back. Otherwise, you are running... Are you running an hour early or an hour late? Otherwise, you're not on time. (laughs) Is it early? But also as well, as if there was anything to be on time for any longer. As if time is still a concept. Do you remember when we all tried to be on time for things and we, like, apologised for being late? I love nothing more than turning up to a Zoom meeting nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Just being like, I'm sorry, I'm still in my pyjamas. I tell you what, though, my circadian rhythm 
Yeah, I'll do it again. My circadian rhythm. I mean, I don't know what it means. I think it means your internal body clock, but who knows? I'm just like one of those common people that hears other people saying big words and I think, "Mm, I sort of know what I think that means. Anyway, that rhythm is up the wall. I mean, I hate sleep at the best of times, you know, but also I hate when the clocks go back at the best of times as well because things just get so dark. And I constantly feel like I'm living in like some crime watch reconstruction. Anyway, enough of me jabbering about the time. (laughs) What a great opening to the podcast. We spoke about the clocks going back. (laughs) Anyway, next week is Bonfire Night, Guy Fawkes Night, November 5th. Very evocative. The smell, the scent, the heady mix of a um, toffee apple and uh, third degree burns. And as children of the 90s will know, it's the one night of the year that you weren't allowed to wear your shell suit. Gone are the days of being able to go to the corner shop and buy, like, a pack of fireworks for £3.60. Do you know what I mean? So, in that spirit, next week, please do send us a message if you too have been part of a Catholic rebellion to blow up the Houses of Parliament. (laughs) Also, do you remember Penny for the Guy? We used to stand outside the co-op asking people to give us money for an effigy. (laughs) An effigy that we never burned because it had our clothes on it. Children nowadays, they don't know they're born. Right, anyway, if you've got a story to tell that's related to November the 5th, in any which way, maybe your name's Catherine Wheel, um, give us a buzz on the old WhatsApp to this number. 0788-200-3420. Now, as I said, it is very early. And I've got a special because this week I announced could be Spooky Week. Now, I've got no idea if any of you have sent in spooky calls because, as long-time listeners will know, I hear these calls for the first time when you do. So, and, you know, we've got a right bunch of weird cunts and we might not end up talking about the dead. We might end up talking about goat's milk. So brace yourself. So, I've got my brew. I'm holding in my core. Oh, yeah. Produce Debbie. Let's press play. And let's see. <laughs> let's see what you lot have been up to this week. Oh, my God. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Scotty. I'm really sorry, Scotty. Oh, my God. They asked me if I knew you. What it is. They asked me if I knew you. Oh, my God. Oh, very God. They asked me if I knew you. And I said, yes, I listened to your podcast, but then they started following me. Oh, my God. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. I think that's them. Shh. I think that's them. I'm really sorry. I should have told them where you live. I'm really sorry, Scotty. Oh, my God. I've got go. I've got go. Oh, I did warn you, didn't I? I knew. Actually, I should have known that, of course, you're going to run with this theme. Listen, if anyone's after you, because they're after me, it'll only be HMRC looking for some money or Weight Watchers trying to get me to sign up to their new non-diet diet or Camden Libraries for a book I didn't return in 1992. Or maybe it's my ex. <laughs> Oh, never a true word. Oh, actually, a bit too real. Hey, Scotty, so at the weekend, my boyfriend said to me at the blue, do you post stuff on Instagram for attention? Meaning men, and referring to a recent picture of a new tattoo on my sternum. I said no straight away, like I'm happy with my own self as a person and I don't need to feel validated by others by posting things on Instagram. 
I just wanted to show off the work of the tattoo artist who was female and not for the attention of the male gaze. Anyway, his comment really pissed me off and to quote Florence Given, quite fucking heterifying. Just wanted to get that off my chest. I think he needs to get a grip, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, thanks for creating such a wicked show, listening to mine and other randomers bullshit. Love listening to you and your butte voice. Love you, bye. Oh, hello. Oh, look at that. I love a message that ends in praise, gratuitous as it is. Now, my advice here, because clearly you're calling for my advice, would be to dump your boyfriend. FYI, disclaimer, never do anything I tell you to on this podcast. This is a complicated relationship because, as many people might know who listen to this, I like a thirsty picture on the Instagram. And as much as I'm like, no, it's not for the male gaze, it is lovely when people say, oh, don't you look attractive or aren't you handsome? But it isn't just for that purpose, is it? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. You mentioned a few things there that I ain't got a clue of. So I'm going to look up sternum. Because I don't know where you've got a tattoo. (laughs) How do you spell it? Sternum tattoo pain is one of the things that comes up. What did you do that for? Oh, it's in the middle of your knockers. You should have said sternum. Sternum tattoos are usually linked directly to the breastbone. Oh, I bet that was painful. Oh, I bet it looks lovely, though. Also, it's your body, your knockers, your sternum. You fucking do what the fuck you want to do with your sternum, all right? Sternum pride. No, but I mean it, genuinely. Also, just men are just boring, aren't they? So just try and turn the volume down on it, hun. Hello, Scotty. Ashling here, calling you from London with a big cork accent on me that I will cling on to forever and ever. Um, I'm just listening to the newest episode and I really loved that call from the person talking about their friend's boyfriend who had an au pair. Now, I only arrived in London a month ago. I'm still really getting used to the like massive class divide here. We do have class systems in Ireland, for sure. They're kind of like all buried under this like notion of notions. I grew up in the north side of Cork from quite a disadvantaged area and hid that all throughout college until I realized that everyone around me then started like performing working classness. I then decided to just like let myself be myself and be delighted about that and all that. But my whole point is that like I grew up with this thing of like notions where like if you thought you were a bit too big for your boots, you're like, oh, your one there has notions. And your one for anyone who's listening who is an Irish means her, your man means him. But yeah, it's like I really feel like there could be a massive injection of notion awareness over here. I talked to someone recently who told me they went to private school and a really posh college and told me that they didn't clean their room until the age of 23. Do you imagine that? Do you imagine having your room cleaned for you until you're 23? Jesus Christ. Anyway, notions. I always thought that before that they were like maybe something that was holding people in Ireland back because you weren't ever allowed to think too much of yourself. But like, now that I'm here, I'm like, Jesus, lads, y'all need a lash of fucking oceans.
Okay, bye. Your podcast is great. It's keeping me going. Love you. Bye. Also, P.S. I have a piece of fan mail for that JRF, the kiss noise that they make at the end of every single message. I adore. And I just wanted to say that also. Big fan of that. Oh, what a gorgeous message. Now, you know that I love an Irish message. Cork, the most sing-songy of all the Irish accents. Now, notions indeed. If you're not Irish, trying to explain the notion of notions <laughs> can be quite a difficult thing. But yes, I think you're right. It, it, it can be quite limiting in that sense of like, I don't think too highly of yourself. And then when you're over here, it is... People like to think a lot of themselves. <laughs> I've got some really problematic things to say, okay? Now, if you're somebody who identifies strongly as being English, I'm really sorry, but this... <laughs> My grandmother used to talk about the notions of the English. And she... <laughs> but I was brought up in this house, right, where I was made to talk as posh as possible... And to have notions, right? Like to bet yourself, to to learn to read, to be educated, and then to probably go into the church. Strange. So I was assimilated to be the most English you could. But at the same time, <laughs> my grandmother used to say, <laughs> the English are dirty, unkept, and they're not to be trusted. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that to a bunch of English people. I think I usually only tell Irish people that I grew up in that house. Yeah, I think there is this performed class thing. Oh, God. There are this ilk of Olivia's who now love to, like, shave out a bit of their eyebrow and wear the gold rings. And you know what? There's a part of me which is like, that's not your fucking tradition. But then it's even more problematic because then I'm like, oh, as a working class person, do I have to talk in a certain way? And do I have to look in a certain way? It's difficult, isn't it? Just going back to notions there, there was, there's something which I talk about in therapy quite, quite a lot, which is this idea that you're being looked at and you're not being looked at. So, so we were going to mass. My mum would say, go and put that on you. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want to wear that. And my mum would say, go on, nobody's looking at you. And then I'd get to my nan's and my nan would say, you can't wear that, you're too fat, everyone will be looking at you. So you're constantly in this state of not being looked at and being looked at. <laughs> Anyway, we could talk about notions and class for quite a long time. We might as well. Hiya, Scotty, love. It's that JRF here. Hello, love. It's the most wonderful time of the week. Because it's Thursday, so that means only one thing. It's a new after the tone. Honestly, and I've messaged you about this. But literally, my eyes pop open and I'm like, <gasps> um, middle class poppers, lavender. Now, just watch yourself, doll, because in them, their olden days, I wa worked in an aromatherapy shop. And uh, I did find out an awful lot about essential oils and herbs and spices. The thing with lavender is, because I know you, you're taking hit after hit of lavender to uh, relax your middle class arse. But just mind, because lavender ends up being a stimulant if you take too much of it. If you keep doing hit after hit, you might as well do four lines of coke and treble espressos. 
So um, just a little word of warning for you and your listeners. Any road, the thing I wanted to say was, because you mentioned your granddad, and I got very emotional, actually. The most important people in my childhood that showed me genuine love and affection. I've not had an easy childhood. That was my paternal grandfather, my granddad Ernest, and my maternal grandmother, my grandma. Both showed me a great deal of love. The strange thing is, I feel closest to them and they feel very alive to me when I'm around children. My grandparents are resurrected at that point. They feel very much there with me. So I'm getting very emotional. Um, (laughs) I just really miss them. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though it's been such a long time since my granddad Ernest passed away, I miss being on his shoulders and him saying, would you grab me a cloud for me to eat? Because I said that I felt 10 miles high riding on his shoulders. Yeah, I just really miss him. And I miss talking to my grandma. Grandparents are ace, except the shitty ones. But grandparents are really, really ace. Anyway, I'll be off this. I've not had my morning coffee yet. I've not even had my breakfast. You see, this is what you do to me, Scotty. Poor cat's looking at me like, when am I having my breakfast? In a minute, doll. Right, anyway, love and light. God bless, sweetheart. As ever, love the show. Love you. Love to all your listeners. And a big kiss. Bye! Oh, Ashlyn's right. It's a gorgeous sound, that lovely kiss at the end from that there, JRF. Thank you, JRF. Regular caller there for new time uh, listeners to the show. Oh, oh, grandparents. Well, yeah. So I I have one grandparent left, my grandmother. Stubborn as she is. (laughs) Still going. When are you coming up to see me? (laughs) Hello, Grandma, how are you? Deaf. Deaf as a fucking button. <laughs> That's not a phrase. Literally, a phone call with her is her just going, eh, eh. <laughs> Which, there you go, more translations from Irish is, pardon? <laughs> Minana. oh, bless her. But yeah, I was very close to my Irish grandfather. I missed the validation of every time I saw him, I walked into the kitchen and he'd be like jeez the size here and he'd just be like so proud that I was really turned out well my nan told me quite recently when they were caught in because they're from about a few mile away from each other in Donegal but they met each other in Glasgow and they were caught in in Edinburgh and I said to my nan well you know why did you fall for him and my nan said well wherever he went people would turn heads because of the way that he dressed, he was always an immaculate dresser. And I like to think of myself as quite a fancy dresser. So, yeah, I think you do become them. Well, I mean, they make you, don't they? And so there's no surprise that when you're around children, that energy that you loved, that you replicate. Yeah. Sorry, I was just having a think there about missing my granddad. Hi, Scotty. Um, Loving the podcast. A big thing that kind of struck me was when you spoke about your granddad and him passing and his brothers being there in spirit and all these sorts of things. And um, my grandma passed away in February and she was 99. And it was actually the day before I was due to bring up my new baby son to meet her for the first time. 
and she passed away on the Saturday and we arrived on the Sunday. And it was a leap day, the 29th, so like, we can't even have an anniversary. <laughs> but yeah, she was 99 and she was ready to go. But the thing I wanted to talk about, which I found really mad with myself, is that I don't know if you did this, and maybe it's a bit inappropriate to ask, but I viewed her body, and I didn't think I'd do this, because I get quite, you know, I don't know, freaked out. I just know I've never, I've never seen a dead body before. But it was so lovely and so cathartic, and I just want to know if maybe you did the same thing, and if other people did the same thing. I just find it fascinating that we do it, but I did it, and I'm really pleased that I did. Hello, gorgeous. Thank you for your call. And no, never a too personal question here. It's an open space. We're open people. And we all have the right to say, I don't want to answer that as well. Do you know what I mean? I mean, probably wouldn't. They'd be just probably able to say, ah, now, 99. Good innings. Look at that. 99. What great genes you come from. And on a leap year, I'd never thought about such a thing if someone dies on the 29th. So you celebrate their passing every four years. Now, come from an Irish family, I've mentioned quite a few times on this podcast. I viewed my grandfather at the hospice in which he died. They kept him there for me for a few hours just so I could get up to see him. Now, I think it's very Catholic and slash very Irish that we have like a brilliant relationship with the dead. I mean, we haven't got a brilliant relationship with many things, which also do creep into wake culture, as I'm going to call it. But burying the dead, I think we've kind of nailed because often you bury the dead quite quickly, but you have a wake. Now, if you are culture people, so like uh, country people, quite often you'll have the body in the living room <laughs> the night before it's going to be buried in the ground and everyone will stay up with it and the house is just a revolving door of tea, tuna sandwiches and people crying and laughing. But people talk to the body and refer to the body and sort of make jokes, and oh, didn't you, Liam, like that, and go up and put things in the coffin. And so, yes, my granddad was afraid of the dark and the cold, so we didn't put him in the chapel overnight, but we all went to visit him. And I find it really useful seeing a dead body. <laughs> Sentence I never thought I'd say. Don't call the police just yet. I find it useful because it allows you to realise the person has gone but the body has remained. So like when I went to, as I said, visit my granddad's body, it's like he's gone. And that's really helpful because you start to understand he's no longer here. So by the time you get to the funeral, it's like you're burying the vessel. Some might call me a death preacher. <laughs> Personally, I feel that's a really healthy relationship with death particularly going to awake and then the onslaught that comes after that once the body's in the ground you all have a do and then in years to come another irish tradition actually i don't know if this is an irish tradition i think it is whenever you go back home you have a picture by the grave <laughs> the amount of pictures that i'm gonna inherit of my alive family members with dead family members and then 10 years later <laughs> new alive family members with the dead family <laughs> relatives from the previous photo. I mean, there's a project in it. Hi, Scotty. I'm about to sit down and have my lunch. I've made a ham and cheese sandwich, but there's a, a difference with this cheese. It's Marmite cheese. And it got me thinking, 
that how Marmite are bastardising everything at the moment. And I love Marmite, I'm not one of the haters. And um, I know that they've done the peanut butter, I've tried the peanut butter, really nice. They've done hummus, they do this cheese now which I've discovered, they do chocolate, and I recently discovered that they now do Marmite Cornettos. I don't know how I feel about that. But then that got me onto the theme of food. Turkey Twizzlers are back from the 90s, the things that were processed pork stuff and coloured and flavoured and salty and all that. They returned this year. But I also saw that there's a company that are selling mermaid waffles, which are blue. This really is 2020, if you think about it. What's the next thing that Marmite are gonna bastardise? Marmite sanitary towels. Maybe they'll branch out into that, but what do you think would be the weirdest Marmite combination? I'll be interested to know that. Um, and what things do you think are weird food combinations in general? But I should go and eat my sandwich. Um, also, I've got a little, I love fucking pickles. Ah, pickles, 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 pickles. Mm. Bye, Scotty. Now, <clears throat> oh, very hoarse this week. Nay. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, back in the room. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. Okay. Now, very Marmite-phobic message, which we won't be having. This is a Marmite safe space. I actually don't think they're doing weird things with the Marmite. Okay, bar the Lynx Marmite. Okay, weird. Don't know why I need to smell like a vegetarian, but... Or a vegetarian teenager who's very hormonal. But Marmite cheese in which you're referring to, which, can I just remind you, comes from Marks and Spencer's and you have paid £2.39 for it. It's a soft cheese with Marmite through it. I think it's spectacular. I think it's wonderful. They also do a Marmite cashew nut. It's a lovely thing. The Marmite peanut butter, I do adore. Although it's in a very small jar and, again, it costs you like £2 odd. So you might as well make your own listener. Go to the Aldi. Don't buy a chicken because they've got salmonella there. Did you see that this week? Get yourself. They've got like a knockoff brand there, haven't they? Like a Narmite. And then you can just put it in with some of their watery peanut butter. It sort of tastes the same. If you're asking me about weird food combinations, you're sort of asking the wrong person. Because I thrive on a bizarre combination, so much so that one of my local cafes, Frank and Luna, shout out, hi, how you doing? When I walk in, they go, oh, here we go. This will be a good one. This is like a cafe where you, like everything's just an extra, so you can have toast with whatever. I love, and I think this has come from my travels in Australia, I love a bit of raisin bread in a bacon sandwich. There's something about sweetness and savoury together, which I quite enjoy. So, you no, know, I don't feel as Marmite-phobic I wonder what it tastes like as a bit of a, like, loose condiment on top of a bit of battered fish. Might try that. Well, I mean, it's been vaguely spooky so far, isn't it? You know, we've had someone being abducted and the talk of death quite a lot. So, you know, I mean, it's sort of spooky. Anyway, this is your halftime reminder that I love a first-time caller. I also love a regular. I mean, we're all welcome, do you know what I mean? Although, you know what, I do start to worry about the regulars, that I feel like if one week they don't phone in, between us all we're going to have to rally round and someone's going to have to go round and look through the letterbox and hope that we don't see a pair of legs hanging out of the living room in the hallway. 
It's quite a maudlin week this week, isn't it? So on that note, if you've got a story, some gossip, something you want to get off your chest, a question for the room, drop us a line, babes, open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788 200 3420. Right, let's get on with it. Hi, Scotty. It's Providenza reporting from Los Angeles. I just realized that there was a cultural message I internalized that I didn't realize that I internalized. I've been wanting to like pursue some crushes some flirtation and I just always find myself so like embarrassed and feeling like a 15 year old I realized I internalized the trope of like the over sexualized fat person in like tv shows and movies who's always just like you know trying to get the dude or trying to you know mess around or whatever and I didn't internalize that character and becoming that character I instead internalized my embarrassment about that character. I realized that my wall is essentially that I feel embarrassed, like it's preposterous that I would even have that desire, you know? And it's made me feel really wild because I like want to pursue other people, you know, I have a great partner, but I, you know, I have these crushes and but I realize that I'm just having such a hard time kind of like allowing myself that vulnerability and like even though, you know, I know I'm like hot and I know I'm like worthy of love, but I feel like I'm not so good at the, you know, the like flirtation and sexy stuff. And I realize it's because I so deeply internalized that message. Um, I hope you're doing good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to see if you had any similar feelings or if that makes you think of anything. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Scotty. Always a pleasure. Such a beautiful human being. We love this. Regular fans will remember a phone call from a couple of episodes ago about the Chicago step in which we educated each other on what that was. Now, fatness and sexuality, oh, it's a minefield, isn't it? Because like you say, you can feel your oats and then some. You can feel sexually confident and free and empowered. But also, like, we live with the dominant culture that fatness is perverse, be that perverse that people are attracted to our bodies, perverse that we consider ourselves attractive, or perverse that we could somehow be sexual. And because I think fat people are often either desexualized or hypersexualized. Oh, we are getting into the fat polemic now. Mm, glad for this question, actually. And I often wonder about how this sits in my head, right? Particularly if I am having sexual relations shall we say, with somebody who admires a fat body. The relationship between the fat body and the admirer, I think is a really complex one. And I think it's the reason why lots of fat people have, <laughs> like, just solely fat partners, because it just becomes easier. Because there's this fine line between objectification and adoration that 
you sometimes can feel like the headless fatty where it's like, am I only here because of my body? And what is it about my head and my brain that you like? What is it that you want to engage with with me? And I've had that difficulty with lots of different partners, actually. And I'm not saying this is what you're going through, but I'm talking about unravelling the complexities of fatness and dating and shagging. One of my favourite things to talk about fat people is about how many beds that you've broke. (laughs) Because the slats in a modern day bed just... When you get a few bodies tumbling over each other on one of those things, I mean, it doesn't last long, does it? Particularly if it's one of those metal hollow things. You need a good, sturdy piece of wood. Well, I'd like to know how you get on with this additional dating and this energy. It's something I like to remind fat folk is we've never seen the fat Disney film. Uh, particularly also as well, we've never seen the fat poly film. We've never seen the fat non-monogamous film. So we are making this up as we go along. We don't have any cultural cliches or icons to go, oh, it's done like this or, oh, this is where the hurdles are. And so we're making it up all uh, on our own accord so it will feel clumsy but I'm glad you're calling in because we can have a good old gossip about it maybe we can make that fat non-Disney film with each other Hello Scotty love, hope you're good I've just spent my uh, afternoon slash evening catching up on the podcast I'm a recently solo person and I'm feeling the loneliness at the minute I think a lot of us are yeah just really appreciating Hearing lots of lovely voices, it kind of feels like being with mates a little bit, you know? It's really lovely. The last episode I listened to, anyway, you mentioned, like, court cases and jury service and stuff like that. Um, And it just reminded me back to... I did jury service last year. And, of course, on the first day, I get called for, like, a big three-week case that is just horrible. (laughs) Just horrible pretty tough couple of weeks um something I do when I'm feeling particularly stressed I tend to like turn to movies and music and stuff like that for comfort for familiarity so like I will listen to the same album on repeat because I know what's going to happen I know what song's coming next anywho during this particular court case so you know the Jonas Brothers I've never been into the Jonas Brothers, but somehow they became my go-to and I cannot tell you how many times over that three weeks I watched that documentary. It became my comfort blanket. So thanks to the Jonas Brothers for getting me through that tough time. Um, Thanks for the pod and thanks for everybody who... Drops voice notes in. I love them. And can't wait for the next episode. Oh, hello. Now, that was a call that was full of such generosity and vulnerability that I think it deserves a round of applause and a bit of love and attention. Um, First time caller there. Hi. Newly solo. Yeah, that must be feel a bit strange. Because when you say newly solo, I don't know, it just sort of sounded like you were saying that perhaps the thing that you've just left was a long thing because uh, it sounds like you're adapting and you're adapting to change, but it sounds like you're doing it well. I mean, there's nothing like a three-week court case to really distract you. (laughs) Now, the perverse 
person in me, and this is from watching far too much true crime, wants to go, what happened? When's it going to be on the telly? And you realise that actually this is just real life for people and people do get killed and murdered and horrific things happen and um, not all of them are Netflix specials, are they? I wondered if the judicial service ever offer good folk like yourself who are like sat there listening to this stuff you know you haven't chosen to listen to you know it's been imposed on you it is your civil duty as they say I wonder if they offer any support or talking therapy or like anything like do they just sort of say you have to listen to that and just deal with it I mean I guess it is a reality of the world that we live in but you know I wonder what care looks like for the people who are placed in a position to judge by the by the Jonas Brothers I sort of know of them but I mean not in that way that wouldn't be my go-to I wouldn't think this is a moment of crisis I'm gonna pick up the Jonas Brothers usually in a moment of crisis I would listen to Lisa Stansfield yeah Lisa Stansfield hi Scotty it's the carer here oh it's been a week man with the old mental health battling hard just to get out of bed I know, you know, those ones where it seems to be the only place that makes sense and I feel safe and everything's all right is when you're asleep. The ideas of opening up your eyes and facing the day really, really is the last thing. Coming out the other side, though, really coming out the other side, trying to sort of hold on to lots of positivity and gratitude and action. And um, our lovely pub local sis, JRS, cracked me up with her... um, can of custard really and Vanessa Phelps because that's what everyone used to call me for ages and I never knew why because I used to drink can colds of custard and my fave was to melt two Bakewell tarts in the microwave put them in a tin of custard and stir it around and then everyone called me Vanessa Phelps and I never knew why until that moment I listened to JRS the other day so thanks for the gay enlightenment and it took me back to the gay abandonment and the heady hedonism off the days of skipping around, laughing, gay and free. I think that's what we're needing more, isn't it? Don't know what I'm fucking needing more at the moment. Maybe a tin of custard with two Bakewell tarts in it. That might do the trick. Yum. Listen, the carer, I'm going to prescribe it to you. Get yourself down to the local corner shop. If it's a co-op, even better, because, you know, out of all the corrupt supermarkets, we've got to try and shop at the ones that look after the workers do you know what go all out go ambrosia that's what i'd say and make sure that those bakewell tarts are as bougie as they can be it sounds like a delicious treat to be fair yeah i do know those moments of sitting in the bed and i don't know if listeners could hear it in the last episode but i was in there i was in the midst of it and i was doing what they call performing wellness for you last week so i hope you fucking appreciate it because yeah it can grab your car near and um i'm quite high functioning depressive i have quite high functioning <laughs> everything to be fair i mean here lies high functioning will be the epitaph i understand that needing to sit in bed my mate selena lovely person lovely artist showed me the joys of not fighting with the mental health and just allowing sometimes to sit in the bed Because what I could often do is sit in the bed and then beat myself up for sitting in the bed. Oh, you're lazy, you're no good, you're doing nothing, you should be doing something, you should be productive, trying to earn money. That's just capitalism and wellness. 
there's so much about mental health which is like cure, cure, cure. I'm I'm not on meds anymore. I'm I'm saved. I got over it. I did my therapy. At like, and it's like actually no, it's a lifelong relationship with this fucking brain. Again, sorry to be so maudlin, but I don't think we ever get rid of it. Because these things that have affected the way that our brains work, these, you know, trauma, society, capitalism, politics, like all of it, the way that they've shaped our brain, that work can't be undone. The things that we've seen don't go away. And actually, in that, I find a lot of solace rather than um, defeatism. I feel knowing that I'll always be a mentor is actually quite useful. Because then I can learn how to um, hold my mental. Well, that's it. I mean, it wasn't as spooky as I thought it'd be. <laughs> it was actually more um, more of a thoughtful one, I thought, this week. We had some big questions in the room, didn't we? Well, I hope I've answered some of them in a nice way and given us more to think about and talk about next week. The sun's finally up, everybody. I can tell you it's a red sky. Oh, red sky morning, shepherd's warning. Someone warn the shepherds, please. I tell you what I really love about this, and I know producer Debbie does too, it's the feedback that you lot give us. Like, it does absolutely wonders for me and producer Deb to see that people are listening, (laughs) first off. But also when you, like, share it with your mates on your stories or Twitter or you give us these little lovely reviews and you help us spread the word, it's really gorgeous. So, honestly, because, you know, we do this for a bit of a laugh and seeing how you all contribute to it and, well, it just really makes our day, it makes our week. So do get in touch, tell other people about it, do keep listening. You can talk about us online using hashtag after the tone pod pod and i'm scotty is fat on all platforms well there you go that's it so to finish off with i guess i'll paraphrase a well-known drag queen because it feels apt remember if you can't love yourself well that's fine you know because there's lots going on from producer debbie and me goodbye you beautiful bunch of knobheads have a good one After the tone, after the tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston, and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.